been so so busy this week and then yesterday uh i did a playthrough of later alligator saw saw that too late because i got a migraine Mm -hmm. and then i've been wanting to watch that game and your stream and i saw it and was like no it's it's super cute uh there's no voice acting so of course i had to provide all the voices so um i'll watch the bob with with those two things in combination, today the role of Justin will be played by uh, a bottle of honey dripping on sandpaper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's gonna be the most cozy, like smooth jazz episode ever. All right, should we get started? Let's get started. All right. Hi, and welcome to Wholesome Spooks. I'm Justin. I'm Jordan. And we got a real special episode for you all today. It's going to be so much fun. I'm, I'm excited. I got, I got a question for you. Oh, already? I do, yes, yes. Do you remember the 90s? <laughs> Vaguely. Do you, are you a 90s kid? Do you, hmm. mem- do you remember? I, I, you know, Vaguely. Okay, okay. Do well, you? Are you a 90s kid? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was born in 95, so, like... Okay. <laughs> we're, we're pretty close. In age. I was born in 93, uh-huh. but, I mean, you're still a child through most of the 90s. So right, right, right. It's like, but what's weird is I grew up with, like, my dad showing me media, so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I grew up with was, like, 80s kid stuff, so... Okay. That works. That works. But 90s kids... Do you remember a little show called Courage the Cowardly Dog? Because that's what we're talking about today. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. We interrupt this program to bring you Courage the Cowardly Dog Show, starring Courage the Cowardly Dog. It actually released in 99, so the tail end of the 90s. Yeah. So I think that's like perfect, like late 90s kid, like millennial era. That would be right a, right around where I started membering the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound like you're in regrets. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know we've done this before, but this is one of the shows that got me, and I mentioned it before, into mm. horror in general. Yes. Uh, like this and Wishbone, <laughs> which is funny. A good but combo. The, this really got me like, oh, that's but not too alarming and it made me feel like comfortable and courage was like cute so it was a good entryway so like was this also your entryway into horror or like when it's, it comes to cartoons and stuff like that what what did was this your go-to or were there other things it's a pretty solid entry honestly it's funny talking about courage the cowardly dog i feel like in general most people's introduction to horror whether that is like a lighter element or not is scooby-doo so my first time watching courage the cowardly dog was actually on the vhs tape of uh scooby-doo and the witch's ghost 
because they included the short slash pilot. I don't think pilot was like a very recognized term back then. So it was just initially a short called the chicken from outer space, I think. Yeah, but uh, that pilot was also nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. And so like that was my first exposure to Courage. And then it's super weird thinking that the show ended in 2002 because I, yeah. I remember it being so prevalent throughout like most of my childhood with cable television yeah i feel like they just probably kept playing like rerun episodes but for me it just felt like it just kept going i don't know mm-hmm. I, I think you also get that with things like spongebob though where it is like very what is the word not episodic but like where it restarts at the, there is a term there is a term like the opposite of episode yeah <laughs> Hold on, it's Google time. We need Google music. The the biggest one I can find is just <laughs> called the reset button trope, uh, where each episode essentially pretends that the previous didn't happen. So it gives you the ability to air them in any order. Uh, although I definitely, like looking at the list of episodes, have the strongest memory in association with the first season. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, when I was doing my research, there's an episode in the second season that I remembered suddenly and wished that I hadn't. So we'll talk mm. about that later because no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I guess we can go into basics. If you're not a nineties kid, if you don't remember, it's fine. It's fine. Courage the cowardly dog is about a very small family that consists of a dog, a pink dog named courage and his two owners, uh, Eustace and Muriel. But in each episode, uh, they encounter a monster or something weird, and Courage has to try and protect his family. But he is a coward, and it's very funny and good. I just got distracted because his Courage pink? Yeah. He's not purple? No, I think he's pink. So does he just not have fur? No, he, he, he does. He's got, like, human fleshy tones under the fur. But as far as pink, are you having a (laughs) A small pink dog? Well, what do you know? I would also say, though, that like that may depend on your TV, too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe growing up, he just looks purple. If you've got like a very saturated or very red tinted television, I could see that for sure. Um, It looks pink. In my brain, he was always purple. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, the show ran from 1999 to 2002. It's created by John R. Dilworth, which I believe you have like a ton of information about him, right? I've got like stuff about him from an interview. Mm -hmm. But it ran for four seasons, 52 episodes, and there's one CGI special that came out in 2014. It's a show that is very slapstick in tone, but still had some very genuinely, like, terrifying elements and characters. That's something that um I did find out by looking up stuff about Dilworth, is that he really, he loves horror. He's mm-hmm. his main inspiration, but he hates gore. He hates gore. And uh, Cartoon Network's only, like, rule for him, basically, was he couldn't have any gore in it. And he was like, oh, cool, like, I hate gore anyway, I wouldn't want it in my show Mm -hmm. Um, but you did want the show to have like episodes that were very empathetic and had larger themes Uh, so i think that's really cool like he wanted 
he for sure wanted it to not just be scary. He wanted it to mean something, which is cool. I think we mentioned pretty early on. I forget which. It may have been in our Over the Garden Wall episode, but children's horror is often very referential um, to like larger identities um, within horror or like horror properties. And you can definitely see that in Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, but I think what makes it unique is just like the addition of influences that are definitely not horror. Yeah. Uh, I read in a couple of like things that one inspiration for just the comedic tone was like old Charlie Chaplin videos and stuff. Yeah, uh, you can definitely see it too. Not videos, but I guess movies. Then, yeah. Could you imagine Charlie Chaplin as a Twitch streamer? Or like a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> he would definitely be like a prank YouTuber. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like that's just the vibe that I get. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe not. So so it's neat. It has this weird, it has this like very specific nostalgic tone while also being like super revolutionary at the time. Yeah. And still to this day, I would, I would think like there are some things in Courage that still blow my mind. Yeah, I still I still love watching it. And um, I have some notes about a specific episode, so I guess I'll wait to talk about that. But um, the series itself takes place in Kansas, which somehow I didn't know. I literally thought to myself when rewatching this, this is just like Kansas. <laughs> so I, I put in my notes, like, it's in nowhere, Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, the city is nowhere. But <laughs> I put in my notes that I want to talk about that uh, I recently went to Kansas, and it looks just like this. And honestly... Every episode could be like a real life, like Kansas cryptid. I'm sorry if any listeners are in Kansas, <laughs> from Kansas, but that place is creepy. Like Kansas is just weird. It feels mm-hmm. like another dimension. Huh. Um, we can post pictures of that creepy guy I found in the field. Uh, a statue, not like a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just statue. taking pictures of people. It's like a really large statue, not just like a dude I took a picture of. Uh-huh. But it's the perfect setting for this series because huh. I believe that this stuff could happen in a random house in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Right. Like yeah. I, I think like some of the specific visual elements were taken from like post great depression era. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if you look at old pictures back then you will find trucks that are just like Eustace's and also just like these houses that have been plopped <laughs> literally in the middle of nowhere uh and the yep. the land is just like super dry and decrepit from the effects of the depression and the dust bowl so it's 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 kind of neat it's very intentionally nostalgic for i feel like i didn't learn about the dust bowl until middle school or late high school probably yeah yeah i feel like it was high school when i learned about the dust bowl mm-hmm but I guess even just living in Texas, you get kind of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got that small town, uh, southern, like, <laughs> you can drive out in the middle of Texas and just be, like, surrounded by nothing. And it's, it's that true. that in and of itself can be kind of creepy. It is, yeah, especially, like, at night. Mm-hmm. When it's just darkness forever, it's like, ooh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an unsung horror of... Uh, Americana. I guess that's what like gothic Americana is technically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that being this. Um, it makes the King Ramsey episode especially scary, which is an episode that I really want to talk about. 
Yeah, so let's talk, let's, we can talk about favorite episodes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that one is my favorite episode. Return the slab. What's your offer? So, the King Ramsey's episode, we're going to do a commentary track over because it is for free on YouTube. If you haven't seen it before, I feel like that episode in particular was like nightmare fuel for it, it was for kids. I found out that Dilworth had actually just gotten back from Egypt. Oh. Which is what inspired him to make that episode. Huh. I thought it was really cool. He had literally just been like traveling on the Nile and was like inspired to make a horror episode based off that and um, had his brother Jim design the character. Huh. That is super neat. He seemed like a yeah. dude just from like basic research that one traveled a lot, but like was also very giving as a director like it seemed like courage as a whole was a very collaborative process between himself and like the writing team and and the composers like it seemed like a very chill and very fun environment to work in definitely it seemed really good i mean it always shows in tv and movies whenever the directors like that like you can tell Mm. that's like what makes good movies i feel like like it's not fun to find out like the people were suffering (laughs) I guess call back to our last episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. It's not it's not a mean spirited thing. Yeah. Did you have any other uh, like favorite episodes that come to mind? I like the one. Oh, I cannot remember the exact name. I don't know why in all my notes I didn't look this up. But the one where Muriel is like in the clouds with the like Valkyries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved that episode. Dear sister, praise the gods I have found you. Come back to your home in the sky. <laughs> There's a I don't lot. know why it's not really scary. That one's not that scary, but I, I really like that one. Right. There are some that are, like, just silly. I feel like most of those involve birds. There are so many birds in this show. There are. Which, which I think might just be a reference to uh, the short film he produced before he made Courage. Uh, called Dirty Birds, which, uh, is, like, <laughs> which is like a, is is about a bird with a human butt or something. <laughs> it's it's oh, no. very very inappropriate. Oh, no. He he tried to pitch that uh, before Courage, and the network was like, mm, "I think we're gonna pass." <laughs> maybe maybe not. Maybe not this one. Um, but what are your what are some of your favorite episodes? So I had like like I mentioned, uh, most of them are from season one. Not to be like you know, the original is better than anything that followed. <laughs> I think those are just the ones that like probably got aired the most, so they stick yeah. in my mind. So the first one I put is the demon in the mattress. No, Would- <laughs> no, I have that in my like episodes that scared me as a child. <laughs> uh huh. It's it's one where Muriel gets possessed and like has this flaming red hair and like green skin and like a deep voice. It, it's like The Exorcist essentially, but it's yeah. a haunted mattress. I have the one with the Duck Brothers, uh, who were yes. space ducks. I love the space ducks. And fun fact about that one, I actually have listed. Um, people think that it is Ringo Starr and Tim Curry. It's not. <laughs> It's not them at all. So Tim Curry, this is a no Tim Curry series, unfortunately. 
They do. I mean... I think people just assume that anytime you have like a Beatles parody, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, just like Ringo's got to be in there. It's got to be Ringo. Um, just throw Tim Curry in there. He's British. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you do want to draw that line, Tim Curry is in Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. So, like, That's true. very close connection. We got to review that one sometime because it's. Oh, I'd be so down. We could have my sister as a special guest. <laughs> I got to show it for bonus content on that one. We can just show pictures of her insane Scooby Doo collection. Oh my gosh. Her, like a shrine in her room, basically. Mm hmm. And then I have one of the weird ones that's not necessarily like a favorite, but I think about all the time is like <laughs> there's a couple of episodes, I think, that focus on a snowman who sounds like Sean Connery. Wait, what? Yeah, do you not remember this one? No. There's like one where I think he attempts to put Eustace and Muriel in like a giant snow globe uh, because all of his family has like melted away. And so he's seeking companionship. It has to do with global warming. So the the earth Uh, warms up and all his his friends (laughs) melt. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of tragic. Um. Yeah, she's a snowman, and yeah. he's very—he like waxes poetic throughout the episode. I think he said, mm, "Jimbo." <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jimbo, Jimbo the snowman. Now there was a snowman for an ice age, and Hohauser. <laughs> he was a ton of snow, and Ivana, the snow girl. How I really got lost in a snowdrift with her. I, I guess I remember mostly the ones that have like funny voices. Because uh, my next one that I have is the great Fusili. Uh, yes. Which has yes. Jim Cummings in it. And it's where they all turn into puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. As you know, I, I dislike dolls and puppets in general. So that one stuck with me for obvious reasons. Yeah, you were like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> That's why the mattress stuck with me. I don't know why that one scared me so much. I think I mentioned it like in our very first episode or something, being afraid of the end card with John Dilworth's uh, studio logo because I had that like laughing mouth. Yeah, yep. It creeped me out. I don't know why. It was, it was... creepy. <laughs> did, you, did you have any episodes that just scared you or you like? Mm-mm. You're like, nope. Mm-mm. Uh, I have I have two. I have two. If I had to pick, I would think it would be like, I didn't like the, the one with the foot fungus because that one's just gross. And that one is gross. That- um, I think that's mostly. And then the zombie director one, maybe. <gasps> kind of weirded me oh, out. I like that guy. He mm-hmm. wanted to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> or, or the one with the... um. The giant bug man who is like sucking out their life essence. Ew, ew, yeah, I remember the gross sounds in that one. Yeah, that one's that one's real nasty. Uh, and then of co- my friends are gonna throw a fit if I don't mention Little Muriel. Um, so I gotta I gotta mention Little Muriel oh. where she gets sucked up by a tornado yeah. and turns into a little girl. Yeah, she's cute. <laughs> Just the scene where she's like, more macaroni, yeah. more cheese. <laughs> this stinks. I hate it this way. What's wrong with it? Less cheese. More macaroni. <laughs> it's oh no. That's <laughs> kind of infuriating, but she's so cute. Yeah, it's it's Aww. real good. 
My least favorite episodes are so cursed. I freaking, I hate Freaky Fred. I hate Freaky Fred. There's this episode, for anyone who has not seen it, where Muriel's brother comes to visit, and he's a hairstylist. Is he her brother? I think he's her like brother, her cousin uncle or something. Or nephew, yeah. it's her nephew. It's her nephew. Okay, it's her nephew, and he comes to stay with them, and he had just gotten out of like an insane asylum or something. And all he wants to do is shave courage. He really wants to shave courage, and I think it's supposed to be an episode about like consent. I, maybe that's why it freaked me the heck out as a kid. But like, oh my god, I hate it. Mm-hmm. He goes naughty, naughty. that one came out from uh i don't have the writer's name but it was dilworth and uh their head writer wanting to do an episode that was mostly rhyming like a uh Mm. twisted dr seuss type thing okay um and the writer happened to be like a lyricist so they were able to put that together it's it's a it's like from a writing and directing and everything standpoint it's good but for like childhood me i was like "Uh uh-uh Mm-hmm. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> um, which is funny because Dilworth said that he never really wanted to depict like psychopaths or anything like that. So I guess he was just a weirdo. But in mm-hmm. my mind, he was like super evil. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then there's another episode I came across while I was doing research um, called Heads of Beef. Oh, the diner with the pigs. Yeah, and it's supposed to be about cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one freaks me. I think I deleted that one from my brain. And then I saw (laughs) it, I saw that stupid pig, and I was like, no. Uh (laughs) So those are the two that, like, I just, as a kid, I even, I was like, no, mm mm-mm. I can't can't remember if it was that they were were actually cooking people at the end or if they were just making stuff shaped like them. I think it's supposed to be ambiguous, but it's definitely supposed to be, like, implied cannibalism. Right. They, <laughs> they're pigs, so it's not really cannibalism. Uh-huh. They, they take that sad old man that's, like, in a couple of episodes, and they murder him off screen. Yeah. Something like that. It's uh. crazy. <laughs> that, like, I feel like parents would freak out about this show now. Probably, yeah. I, I mean, they definitely explored... I guess that was it, right? It was mostly like that slapstick element that kept it okay. But there yeah. were definitely a couple of episodes where they explored darker themes or, or more mature themes. The Fred episode could be one. Um, the one that comes to my mind is the episode. It's a two-part episode called The Mask. Are you familiar with this one? Yes, I was reading about this one. It's supposed to be like have, have more meaning. Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring it up because it is... It's very neat. And here's a very just like light trigger warning about the the content of this one, because it is all about relationships, essentially, Mm -hmm. um, including toxic slash uh, abusive relationships. But I think it's just so neat and it's so different from the rest of the show while still also being able to maintain like those silly, sillier moments and stuff. It's also it's also really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it is about uh, a cat who arrives at the house uh, in this giant mask and robe uh, and is tormenting courage because she thinks that all dogs are evil. Um, But it's just because her friend Bunny is dating a Rottweiler who is like a gang leader. 
um, who is very abusive and like just the worst. Uh, and so she leaves in order to like protect her friend, basically. Yeah. Um, I always loved that cat. It's real cute. It's real cute. There are a lot of cat characters as well, which I think also comes from one of uh, Dilworth's shorts that he did. Yeah, there are, there are just so many good episodes. If you haven't seen it before, definitely watch it. Mm. Each episode's only like 11 minutes long, um, mm-hmm. aside from some of those two-parters, obviously. So like, I feel like you could breeze through it pretty quick. Definitely. Um, they're, they're supposed to be, or they were working on a series called Before Courage. Um, but because of, I guess, maybe the pandemic, um, in May of 2020, Dilworth said that it has been transformed into another thing. So they're still working on another Courage thing. There's just no details about what exactly it is that they are working on. Okay. Do you know if it's still, like, CGI like that? I, he didn't say. Mm. He just said, um... There's a prequel series that he announced in 2018 mm-hmm. called Before Courage. And then last year in May, he said it's something else now. So I feel like they, they kind of have to, right? Yeah, may, it, maybe. As much as I would love like a 2D revival of Courage, like we, we watched The Fog of Courage. That's the name of the special. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like pretty solid. Like it translates very well to that sort of 3d environment yeah, um, I liked it. which i guess isn't too surprising since this show like also frequently mixes its art mediums so it does have the t- traditional 2d style but there are also like a ton of uh 3d animated stuff that gets put I, into the show i think it'd be cool if they could go back to that because it makes the cg like so much more drawing mm-hmm. gives it more of that like oh weird element mm-hmm. but We'll see there's a lot of cartoon network shows that are doing really well or have done really well that are 2d mm-hmm. so you never know yeah i i also wouldn't mind like um if you, i don't know if you've seen adventure time but they also have like special mm. one-off episodes that are animated differently yeah um, i love that so they have like stop motion episodes and 3d and like all kinds of fun oh stuff my God. Now I need a stop motion cursed cowardly dog. <laughs> you put it in my brain and I need it now. It'd be so good. It would be perfect. Oh my god. That'd be perfect. Like the studio, uh, what's that studio that does Coraline? Uh Studio Leica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Studio Leica, if you watch our series, you should make Curse. You should team <laughs> up with Doors and Curse the Cowardly Dog. And then have us said too. <laughs> and then have us in the Paranorman sequel. Yeah. <laughs> we can just be two background characters. It's fine. I'd be so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a dream. Mm-hmm. Did you have any more segments that you wanted to talk about? In later episodes, like, the more they went forward, uh, Courage talked less. than in, So, like, he progressively talks less. Because one of the things that Cartoon Network said was that Courage talked too much. Oh. That was, like, their one note was that Courage was talking too much. So they had to give him, like, less and less lines. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a that's a good segue into the voice actors. Um uh, which I have. So Courage is voiced by Marty Grabstein. Marty has voiced Courage since the very beginning, since the uh short The Chicken from Outer Space, and does a real good job. I would imagine it's hard to like evoke specific emotion just from some of the silly noises that uh Courage does. 
especially when he's like transforming into random items like the <laughs> Titanic or I, I don't even know. There's just so many a cannon. <laughs> but even when he even when he talks, he's very funny. Yeah, like he's so good. Who who doesn't know like the things I do for love and it's so good. Yes. I want a tattoo of that. I, I want a courage tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's just real cute. Uh, Muriel is voiced by Thea White. She was based on a Scottish woman that John Dilworth actually knew. Um, And so Thea has done the voice the entire time. Uh, The same cannot be said for Eustace. Eustace has been voiced by three actors. The first, Lionel Wilson, uh, voiced the character until 2003 when he passed away. He was replaced by Arthur Anderson. And then in the 2014 Fog of Courage uh, short. Uh, he's voiced by Wallace Shawn, who we both realized at the exact same time was the guy <laughs> from uh, Princess Diaries. Yeah, <laughs> just like you can hear the gears turning in our head. We're just like, hey, wait. <laughs> wait not Princess. Is it Princess Diaries? Not Princess Diary. That's the Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Princess Bride. He's voiced by Anne Hathaway. Yes. Good job, Anne. <laughs> the second voice of Deuce. Lived to be 93. Oh my gosh. It's, so it's fitting that they keep getting all these like crotchety old men to play yeah. Eustace. Yeah. I didn't see that that is like kind of a recurring theme throughout all of Dilworth's projects is that he has three main characters. So he has a sympathetic uh, woman character, an unsympathetic male character, and then an innocent character, mm-hmm. uh, which is what courage fills. Yeah. Um, you also find out that Courage got his name. Do you remember the the weird hype around the specific episode where we found out about Courage's past? No. I feel like there was like a huge movement during like commercial space where they no. were like because it was it happened towards like the very end of the season or the very end of the show, I think. Oh, so see, I, I didn't have cable, so I didn't like usually watch Courage when it was airing. Mm-hmm. It was either like a Saturday morning cartoon thing if it was on there, or like just like a blockbuster thing. Mm-hmm. But it was very much like a "There's going to be a new episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog and find out where it all began," like that kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah, like hyping about. Yeah, but essentially, um, Courage gets his name from uh, Muriel finding him in, like, what is essentially, like, an alley of New York City and saying that he must be a brave little puppy to be all by himself. And it's so cute. I just... Muriel and Courage love each other so much. Thank Uh, you. It's great. Eustace, not so much. Eustace sucks. But I am looking about... um, Lionel Wilson, the first voice actor for Eustace, because I haven't really read about the voice actors much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a lot. He was a huge like stage actor and children's book writer. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did like a ton of stage stuff in like the 30s through the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I will. I will admit that like. For my notes, uh, you know, I usually how this works is I will search up like articles um, for older properties like this. It's it's like retrospective pieces. Um, 
channel, Frederator does have a 107 facts about Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, oh. That I watched. I, I will uh, I'll recommend it. Uh, but there's oh, yeah. a ton of fun trivia in that. I'll just give you a couple of facts that I remember off the top of my dome. I just like looked up articles and so I didn't watch any videos over it other than like Courage itself. Yeah. So speaking of Eustace, uh, who is probably famous for having that big scary green mask. Uh, <laughs> the Boogaloo Stupid dog! You made me look bad! Originally, that mask was supposed to be a double-barrel shotgun. Oh! Uh, But but the networks were like, hey, you can't shoot at this dog. Uh, So one of the producers, uh, I think, from Hanna-Barbera designed the mask, and they used that. Oh, and, and then speaking of voice actors, uh, Dilworth actually voices the uh, Nowhere newscaster. Um, oh, that's cool. So the guy who introdu- who introduces the uh, show at the beginning um, is the creator, and he pops up in a couple of yeah. different episodes. He, also, he voices King Ramses as well. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. Return the slab. Yeah, oh that's my gosh. Cool. As Dilworth as well. There's also, um, related to Dilworth, there's the initials, or like in big letters, D-I-L, in the background of every episode somewhere, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I gotta go look like like they're hidden Mickeys or something. Uh-huh. That's very good. We can talk a little bit about the, the music of the show, too, which I feel like is fairly <laughs> iconic. Um, it's so creepy and good. It's really good. It's like... So the, <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the music was largely composed by Jody Gray and Andy Ezrin, who are a musical duo who have continued to work with Dilworth, like even after Courage ended. Um, he's done a couple of like animated films and stuff, like shorts um, that they have provided the musical tracking to. But the the show is kind of famous for like exploring a ton of different genres throughout its run, and it only used about like. 10% of, of the music on repetition. So like there are like I know for sure there's the one that's like dun 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 yeah, like, it's probably like Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and it's usually like when Courage is doing research and stuff. Um it's very neat. Part of what made it unique is that they would compose it to the um to the actual animation. Um very much like you know, a live orchestra would do to um, to a movie. And sometimes they would make like a conscious decision to play music that was like the complete opposite of whatever the action was to add to like the comedic effect. So like oh. there's an episode where there's like a high speed like boat chase going on. And then there's just like this classical like co- yeah. gospel chorus going in the background. It's just funny. It's neat. That's a, that's a really cool. Huh. It does, like, a good effect. Yeah. And then, so there are apparently over 104 original scores that were written over the course of the show. Um, and it, and it kind of ties back to that, like, collaborative nature, um, just, like, from the ground up with this show. So, like, the sound effects weren't stock sound effects. They were recreated, or they were created in a studio either by Dilworth or, like, with instruction to the sound engineer. 
the show won uh won an award for their sound uh editing for the episode courage in the big stinking city it's very neat they also got an annie award uh for the first episode a night at the cat's hotel that's a good episode yeah cat is like uh dilworth's favorite bad guy throughout the show because this is the first one and obviously based on like some of his previous works one more character we haven't really talked about is his sentient computer oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, I love that computer so i just wanted to bring it up before we like tie up the episode it's like a snarky uh, british computer right yeah, it's very sassy uh british computer um voiced by simon Preble. Mm-hmm. it's a fun little addition too it just adds like more of that humor to it mm-hmm it's it's super good. I think the the influence of courage, like on children's animation, uh, especially in horror, like can't be understated mm-hmm. because I, I think it largely paved the way uh, for those shows. Definitely, I can feel like I can. I don't know if Courage the Cowardly Dog like influenced Flapjack, which influenced Over the Garden Wall. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it feels like so similar, right? Like there has to be like some kind of like I loved courage or something, you know. Mm. And it may it may just be like having similar stylistic influences, um, mm-hmm. like some of that older nostalgic content. It it sticks for a reason, right? Like in in the minds of like the general populace or just people watching the show. One fun fact that I have here. So you've probably heard this before that the there's a fan theory that the events of the show, the events of each episode, um, are total totally blown out of proportion by courage, and that like all the monsters are just like regular everyday people that he is afraid of because he's a sheltered pup. That would uh, be so cute. It's kind of like you know, like Rugrats, like everything seems bigger because they're children. Right. Dilworth has <laughs> he's heard of this theory. And he likes it. Uh, he has also gone as far to say that all fan theories are correct because Courage, his show, and all of his works are pieces of art. And art is into- is up to interpretation. I like that. That's cute. It's very neat. So I, I think we should take a moment to compose our own wild theories about Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, and, God. Oh. And they're going to be correct. Uh-huh. So, let's see. If I could think Courage. of one. I got one, I got one. Yes, go for it. Um, Courage is being held hostage by alien life forms, and the stuff that he is seeing is stuff from other planets or another dimension, but he is unaware of it because of some kind of medication they give him. That was the first thing that came to my <laughs> Can I Can I tell you something? Yeah. I was literally, I was literally about to say that the events of the the pilot, the chicken from outer space, uh-huh, yeah. like I was about to say, courage loses that fight, and so the yeah. entire thing, he is just being, he's being held hostage. Oh my gosh! Same <laughs> bridge. Oh my god! That's literally the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, I have to say it, or I'm gonna forget it. Uh huh. Oh my god. That's so funny. We're correct. Yep, we are correct. Two people thought it. It has to be true. It has to be true. Well, because, like, especially, 
I, I know this this was an influence for that episode in particular, that short in particular. Um, there are countless stories of you know people being abducted in rural communities by aliens and then being dropped off back at home or in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's very uh, Twilight Zone or even X Files. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I think our theories are sound and correct. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing um i don't have anything else i think that's a good point to like wrap it up <laughs> same same thought <laughs> uh but be sure to check out uh our recording our commentary couldn't think of the words commentary of some of the episodes it'll be yeah. very fun yeah we're gonna do a commentary track on uh, the King Ramses, like we mentioned, the Fog of Courage, probably. And then there's a very fun uh, reanimated version of Fred. I can't remember the name of the full episode. I think it's Freaky Fred. Freaky Fred. Yes. I think that's it. It could be wrong. If it's wrong, then I will humbly go to the cafe. Uh-huh. Now that sounds, that sounds right. That sounds correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of a, a shorter episode. Oh, yeah. Just, I didn't even look at the time. i just been like chilling talking about courage that's okay i think these nostalgic episodes tend to be a little bit shorter just because we're just we're just vibing we're talking about happy memories and stuff it's more like talking about things we enjoy instead of like beat for beat talking about a movie right and you know this show was definitely the kind of thing that would like be put on in the background while you were being babysat or whatever like that reminds me i've talked about this too but I got in trouble by the people I nannied for for letting their kids watch this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I talked about it before, but I'll mention it again before we go. <laughs> um, I, I remember putting it on, and they were like, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's a show I used to watch, Cursed Cowardly Dogs. So then we were just watching it. And then the next day, they are like, they cannot watch that show. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, sorry. And then when they left, the kids were like, they were like, our parents didn't want us to watch that. I oh, had no. Like, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, it wasn't even a super scary episode. I was uh-huh. just like, okay, sorry. You That's know? So funny. <laughs> sorry. Um, I watched it when I was your age, so I thought it was fine. I was going to say. I also <laughs> so. Right. Like, with that, do you think that the show could be either remade or, like, pitched today if it was not a, a product of the 90s slash 2000s? It's hard to say, because, like, part of me says no, but then part of me is, like, well, Over the Garden Wall aired, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily as, like, traumatizing visually, I feel like, mm-hmm. as some of the imagery and courage is kind of, like, scary to little kids, but, you know, I don't know, because Flapjack, Flapjack happened, mm-hmm. I don't know what parents, like, outcries were about that, but I... I it's like we're gonna (laughs) that's what our bonus episode is we're just gonna like create an alternate timeline where courage never happened and like Mm -hmm. see how that affected both the world and our lives personally we probably wouldn't know each other (gasps) no (laughs) (laughs) so thank you courage for giving us a friendship and a show thanks courage for the friendship it sounds like it sounds like our Friendship is based off us talking about like courage and form <laughs> or something. That's it. That's all we talk about. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Uh, I, I I think this is helping us get back on track for our 
our our release schedule. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, that's going to do it for us here today, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for hanging out. I got puppy here. I got my own brave Aww, piper. I don't have a puppy. <laughs> Cheerio is not here, so I have um this chicken plushie. Oh, that works too. Uh, <laughs> but she's here to tell you to uh, be safe and take care of yourselves. Uh, and thank you for watching. Yeah, good night. Good night. Good night. We'll, we'll see, we'll we'll see whenever. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wholesome Spooks. Our theme song is by Simeon Williams. You can find his work at Inner Red Records. If you like this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet. And if you have a suggestion or a future topic you'd like to see us cover, Hop on over to our Patreon where you can unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. We would super appreciate it if you could share the show with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. It is the quickest way to help our show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. Keep it cool, Courage. Courage.